Thank you, Tim. Hey, everybody. How are you guys doing today? Let's see which... There we go. I'm stealing his lyrics because even looking at these lyrics, we are talking... We're continuing on this journey as the gospel as we know it. And the gospel as we know it has taken us through the fundamentals of the gospel. We've gone to talking about just a few different ideas, including our own gospel, which was about where not that there is a whole bunch of different gospels, but rather that our gospel is when God comes down, touches us, and we're actually able to take ownership of that gospel. And not saying, this is just good news. This is good news to me. It's more valuable than anything. But then the relational gospel then continues us on that conversation where we say that this thing that's so much valuable is not just an exchange, but it's actually a relational place where he wants to hold me. He wants to love me. He wants to guide me. He wants to strengthen me. He wants to partner with me. He is with me too. As we have been talking about this, we're going to be talking about the gospel always leads to sanctification. But when we hear this song, it's like, I had us play it again because I think this is the heart of this sermon today. It's, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. My one defense, my righteousness... Oh, God, how I need you. It's like, I could literally just go over that and over that, and this would impact my heart. In fact, that's the end of the sermon. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, (laughs) so, when we hear this, once again, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. How many of us believe that? I would say, I hope most of us, those of you who don't, you guys already know, I'm quick to say, hit me up. I'll talk to you. We'll go through it. I love sharing the gospel. But I would say that most of us would say, I believe that I need the Lord. Every hour, I need you. My one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Today, that is the center of this, this, this sermon. is asking the question, why do you need God? Why is it that you need him? We can sing a song and lead it up in worship. Raise our hearts up saying, God, I need you. But do our actions share that same sentiment? So, reading Romans 7, 4 says, Therefore, my fellow believers, you too died to the law. Through the crucified body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. So you've been brought into a relationship that released you from the law, 
to be in that relationship. It released you from having to prove yourself. It released you from having to give more sacrifice. It released you into obedience to a place where you could come into a natural place with God because every relationship naturally bears some sort of fruit. And those fruits for, you know, bad company would be those bad characteristics. For good company, it's good. But the question we have to ask ourselves constantly throughout this time is, what is the fruit that God has set us forth to bear? What is the fruit that as we are being saved by him, he set us free to have? So if we go down to Romans 5.10... It says, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Last week we established we aren't alone. You don't got to do it alone. If you do it alone, you're choosing to. Because God, even while he was enemies to us, loved us. Even while he was enemies to us, that was good news. He died so that he could love you. That's why you were imperfect, unable to do anything. Then the greater news, once again, was how much more can you experience of him now that you're in relationship with him? But then to even say it even more is, it was never based on how good you were. It's always been based off of how great he is. So we've been talking about this place where even our position in this relationship is not because of you. It's not because of you. You only get to choose to participate in the relationship. It's not an exchange that happens where you can work hard enough and you finally might get it. But it's one where he chose you to hold you, to guide you, to love you. And it's us coming to a place of recognizing that, cherishing it, and turning towards him. Recognizing our king is one of grace and compassion that transforms our life and that treasure touches down. And that we need that in our lives. But we find ourselves in a precarious position because if we started as enemies, what was the position that we started off in? So we started off, we see in Romans 7, 5, if you all want to turn with me. Romans 7, 5. Do, 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 do. Okay. So Romans 7, 5 is when we were living in the flesh, trapped by sin, the sinful passions which were awakened by that which the law identifies as sin were at work in our body to bear fruit of death. So the fruit we see of our previous life, of where we were, the fruit of that life was death. And we were in the flesh, so we let our passions drive us. And ultimately, in that relationship, Who were we serving? We were serving ourselves. In a lot of ways, we worshipped ourselves. So we brought sacrifice to ourselves. We brought labor to ourselves. We even tried to bring worship to ourselves. So in that past life, we were in a position that ultimately we were trying to raise ourselves up on a throne. And that's what the, the flesh cries out for. And that fruit of us trying to raise ourselves onto the throne means that we are ourselves trying to save ourselves. And can we do that from sin? No. So we are participating with death. But we also find then in the very next verse, Romans 7, 6, but now we have been released from the law and its penalty having died through Christ to that by which we were held captive so that we serve God in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter of the law. 
So in this relationship, we have this one that we've been talking about, that he guides us, he strengthens us, he provides faith, he provides, he provides direction, he provides everything we need. We are set up to participate with him. But to take it even further, as I said, we can't do anything, but we're also set up to serve him by his own providence. He gives us the things to set us free to participate with him and position us not as captives, people who are taken prisoner, not because of something they did initially. So we were brought into captivity because of the first sin, but then we are held in captivity because of our own. So we become enslaved to sin, not by originally the curse came upon all man, but then we, as we step forward and continue sinning, we place ourselves as prisoners under it. But he comes in and says, I'm going to rip this down. You are no longer captive to this. And as we step into that, he's like, not only that, but you can actually then inherit what I have for you. But as we look, we, we have to look at what that partnership looked like. We have to look at what, what did that sin in my life before God came in and set me free, before he, he was like, you are not bound to this, what did it look like? Romans 7, 8 goes on and says, But sin, finding an opportunity through the commandment to express itself, produced in me every kind of coveting and selfish desire. The reason why it produced every kind of selfish desire was because I was seeking to worship me. So in every way, I was trying to bring everything to me. And everything I desired was for me. And we have to see that before we were set free to be positioned to be for God, we were positioned to be for ourselves. See, when you trust your own ways, your own standards, you will end up in the same situation. Worshiping yourself. See, in Romans seven fourteen through 15, it says, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am a creature of the flesh. Worldly, self-reliant, carnal, and unspiritual. Sold into slavery of sin and serving under its control. For I do not understand my own actions. I'm even baffled and bewildered by them. I do not practice what I want to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate and yielding to my human nature, my worldliness, my sinful capacity. See, the reason why I love the Amplified in this moment right now is because what it unfolded in this moment is saying that me and my human nature, my personal worldliness, my sinful capacity, I'm relying on that. And there's a place where I'm seeking to do what's right, but I'm also seeking myself in that moment. And as long as I trust those things, as I trust that way, I'm bound to do the very things I hate because I can't fill both desires at once. See, when you're worshiping yourself for so long, there's so many things that are affected in the way you identify yourself, the way you live your life, and really the whole world is that way. We're born into it. We're taught. We're, we're constantly walking out sinful attitudes. We're shown in so many small ways, even down to the place with what we're willing to sacrifice, what we're willing to be right about. How much are we willing to learn? How much are we malleable? How much are we willing to constantly put aside our own 
size of victory to step forward into God's size of victory? How much are we willing to even participate with a kingdom that's not going to benefit us? Those are all questions that within our sinful hearts, sometimes it's very hard to look at. But if this is our nature, what do we really got? If this is who we are, and we're just trapped to redo what is it is over and over again, and end up doing the things we hate, we can't, like, there's a place that's saying that if I trust myself, if, if I'm just doing my own standard, that I'm going to keep failing, what's the point? Am I just, should I just accept that? Should I come to a place where I accept that I, I will fail? Well, kind of let's keep moving. We're going to jump back a chapter. Back. To the left, to the left. Um, Romans 6.1. Romans 6.1 says, What shall we say to all this? Should we continue in sin and practice sin as a habit so that God's gift, grace, may increase and overflow? So it's asking the question, should I keep doing this? And I know grace is going to keep beating me. Because if in reality, this relationship is not based off me, this relationship is not based off my actions, then he's going to continue to love me. He's going to continue to guide me. He's going to continue to strengthen me. His grace will continue to overflow. But the truth is, is we're saved with a purpose, right? We're saved with an action. We're saved towards some place. And we're left with the question of why do I need God? It's not just in this place of the idea of he saves me blank out. But it actually is certainly not. How can we, the very ones who died to sin, continue to live in it any longer? Or are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory and power of the Father, we too might walk habitually in newness of life. See, our nature might lead to sin when we trust the old. But when we have been set free from sin, if he has died and we're entering into his death, then there is a place that we are also taking a step towards death. Not death in our spirit, but death of our flesh. See, that means that we have to put down that old, that old worshiping man. Not the worship of God. We're raising up a man who's worshiping God. But in the aspects of ourselves, we're also putting down a man who's worshiping self. And as we're doing that, we're saved into freedom. Because that self that worships us, that self that is seeking only for self, is in bondage is locked in place, is held, and can't see truthfully why it needs God. It can't answer the question of what am I being saved from today? It can't answer the question of where is God leading me to that's new? Where is God showing me the new? Where is God embracing me new? Where is the new richness? Where is he calling me to the more? Because 
at seeking for self. But as I said, this nature calls us into death. And that death is a baptism. So you've already signed the contract. You signed the contract for most of us saying, I'm in, God. And he's like, okay, come on, keep walking. And as he says, keep walking, it's going to call us to be less and less about ourselves and more and more about him, which means that it is changing our world constantly. But let's go to Romans 6, 7, 6, 5 through 7. It says, for if we have been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. See, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. There is a place that if we can't see the difference between how we think in ourselves and how God thinks, then we're having a problem with holiness. We're having a problem unifying us with the vision of God. And we're ultimately having a problem finding where sanctification in this day is ours. See, I believe that sanctification is a process until we're fully sanctified with God. I believe we are set free from the curse of sin when we are once again fully united with Christ. And in that place of where I am seeking to have a new relationship with God daily, momently, as it says, Every hour I need you. I would say every minute, every second I need you, God. But why? And in this moment, I need him to defeat me. I need him to help me. I need him to save me from me. The one who seeks to worship me. The one who seeks to build for me. The one who seeks to bring a kingdom. And I say the same thing to you guys. You need him because he will help you stop you from worshiping you. And stop that kingdom that you're building. Because ultimately the kingdom you're building is actually a slave to Satan. And you're actually bound to make the same decisions over and over again. But by stopping worshiping you, and by stopping worshiping this world and bringing everything about you, you're actually being set free to live. Set free to receive love. To receive resurrection and ultimately be transformed into the character of God. See, and for one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin. Once and for all. But the life he lived, he lives in God forever. We don't have to continue to be in this place where we fight and we fight and we fight and we fight this idea. There's a reality that Christ has already died to set you free. That relationship is already present. He's just asking you to participate with putting that man you're holding on to in the grave. He's just waiting for that moment when you can give up what he's already paid to give up. He's waiting in this moment to show you the love that you've been crying out for and you've been clinging to the world and trying to bring to yourself. But he's already here presenting it to you. It just means that you have to take off your own things that you've put on in that place. 
See, his life has already been spent, but it also has resurrected fully. See, he paid the price for us not have to pray it ever again. See, we don't live in a world that is of sacrifices anymore. But we live of one that is with one sacrifice. It's ourselves. So that we can receive him. And ultimately that reception of him allows us ultimately to receive love. See, in Romans six twelve through 13, it says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God. God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. What that's saying is, in this place, we're not presenting ourselves as if he's just going to, oh yeah, God, take it. It's like, Every moment, that that gospel that has happened to you, the good, good God who is treasure, he's valuable, and he's saved something worth value that he can bring forth everything. You are a reflection of him. So in that place, you have to present yourself as that reflection that is worth value. See, it is back to holiness. Present yourself as holy. Present yourself as that placement where God has actually grabbed something out of death. And has brought life. If there was a baby that your daughter, your son, or whoever you know, let's just say it was a baby, was dying. And in that moment, he was choking. And you in that moment just only had just a moment to save that life. And the baby's turned blue. You don't hear that baby crying anymore. Its eyes are open. Gone. And you're still going. And then that moment it coughs and it starts breathing and crying. Are you worried about that crying? Or are you celebrating the moment that your child is back to life? From that moment, you're holding it. It doesn't matter if it's puking on you, whatever's happening. There's such value. And you would instill in that child from that day that there was a treasure that was almost lost. And you would expect them to walk out with greatness. See, God is giving you that same life that has almost died, that will end in death if we don't choose him, if we don't choose to take that breath and participate with what he, the pressure he's placing on us, that pressure to take a deep breath of air that will set us free, free from death. His only expectation as we continue to walk with him is to walk with him. But to walk with him, we also have to walk within the greatness that, of the life that he has given us. Let's look at quickly. I just want to give you guys a few quotes before I come to conclusion. Martin Luther said, there is no justification without sanctification. No forgiveness without the renewal of life. No real faith from which the fruits of new obedience do not grow. Sanctification is not an idea. And it's not my idea of what I want God to, to do for me. Sanctification is God's idea of what he wants to do for me. To say that again, sanctification is not my idea of what I want God to do for me. Sanctification is God's idea of what he wants to do for me. For you to be holy, you can come over here, come on Tim. For you to be holy in this place, it means you have to participate with God. For you to step into the new, 
You have to participate with God. See, it's not that we can know how to change ourselves into something that honors God. But it's rather that we participate with God in how to worship God. See, we have a response to his goodness. But that response means to continue following him into that brand new. See, our gospel leads to a relationship which leads to holiness. Don't settle for that old. Don't settle for what you've already had. Don't settle for a place where you, w- you say all the w- I wishes. Don't settle for the place of what you've already presented in this world. The, the case that has already been presented to you. Don't settle. See, God has the new for you. He has something new set aside for you that is freedom. But it also means that you have to let go of you. And by letting go of you, you are inheriting holiness. By letting go of you, you are gaining the reflection of God. And by letting go of you, you're actually participating with him, the great and holy one. So remember that as you are stepping further and further into this relationship by God, with God, To freedom, you're releasing the fruit of death. Because that means you have to actually let go of you. But as you're letting go of that fruit, you're also inheriting life. See, sometimes we get so stirred up as we're losing ourselves that I don't even know who I am. But the beautiful part is you're finding. You find yourself in that place. And it's no longer defined off of what you can bring to you. It's no longer defined off of who you can make yourself, but rather who you are with God. See, we have been saved. We have been paid for, but to something, to sanctification. See, the goodness, that goodness that God has given you, that is freedom, it always leads to the better. It always leads to that new. It leads to sanctification. It leads to us being transformed to look like God. That life you have, that life you have, that life you have, that is why we need God. You were that baby. And God didn't stop even after you had already died. But thank God that he hasn't. Because you're standing here. You're here listening. And there's a treasure that's been implemented into your life. So don't forget that where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Where grace is found, that's where you are. See, we need God. Not because he's going to make everything all right. We need God because he's going to make us all right. We need God because he is the only thing that holds us with him. As it said, the Shulamite said, brace me on your arm. I'm not strong enough. Lord, I pray for that heart for all of us. That we would recognize where we need you. That we recognize how good you are. Lord, that it would, it would overflow our ego and our pride to say that we know the ways to you. Lord, because we would know nothing without you. We wouldn't know your love. We wouldn't know your salvation. We wouldn't know your strength. It's you who saves us.
It's you who guides us. It's you who hopes for us, Lord. Overcome me. Overcome us. So that we could recognize we need you. And that there is better. There is more. Lord, teach us how to pray a surrender. Teach us to have a heart of surrender. And ultimately, teach us how to bow down in our hearts before you rather than resurrecting ourselves on a throne that belongs only to you. I pray freedom over all my family and for all of those who are struggling right now. No matter be whatever heart position, Lord, I pray that you would reach in like you reached in for me. Grab a hold of them and say, I have you. I love you. I'll give you what you need. You're not alone. I pray all these things in your name. Amen.